0: Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City.
1: I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.
0: If you film it, you will cook. It's the City on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch.
1: I throw balls far. You want
0: good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro
1: sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tuesday morning out there, western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be telling you all about Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug all the way throughout the show. You can go down and visit at 809 North Main here in Elk City. Give them a call. 580-225-2121. So coming up on this Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. At the end of the show, we haven't talked much thunder, but, man, they've been streaking three in a row on the road. You look up, and they have the same amount of losses, basically, as the sixth-best team in the West. Are they ahead of the schedule? Do they need to have a flat tire? Is that coming like we've seen the last couple of seasons where they just, you know, okay. It's been it's been real and it's been fun. <laughs> Sit down. Is that going to happen? How many of these guys that are on the roster now will still be here when they make the playoffs again? And I don't mean the play-in game. I mean actually in the bracket of eight. <clears throat> How many of those guys will be there? And then what do they need uh, moving forward? So Let's we'll talk a little thunder. NFL playoffs. Wildcard card round wrapped up last night with the dominating performance by the Dallas Cowboys. Talk about that. Dak was awesome. Brady, is that it? Or is that just it in Tampa? And if it was just it in Tampa, where would he go? Boy, Brett Maher. You know, this, this is why the Cowboys can't have nice things. <laughs> On a night where everything was awesome, the damn kicker missed four straight <laughs> extra points. It's never happened in the history of the league. You, I, I know I saw one of the betting um, apps on Twitter put out odds of that happening. So, just I'd like everybody to guess: what do you think the get what what do you think the odds are of an NFL kicker missing four straight extra points? What, however many to one? See if you can see how see how close anybody can get to that. Uh, who was the wild card round MVP all across the league? Who looked the best? in the AFC or the NFC. Who should be a little worried coming into this week in the divisional round? Then high school hoops off the top. We had a little West Central action yesterday that Jared was at. What's going on tonight? Then we'll take a look at the rankings, a little peek at yesterday's rankings that came out, some change in some different places. One week to go before those rankings are set and the brackets start getting drawn up. Uh, So a big week ahead in Class A and Class B and then 2A and 4As later on. So 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. It's got the Penny News. It's got radio. It's got Big Elk and Paragon TV. All of that will be online tonight. And then, of course, the Skitty on Sports podcast. You can find it on kadsam.com. Hello, Jared. Good morning. How was your evening?
2: It was fun. Watching Cowboys win, watching them miss kicks. <laughs> it was fun. It's crazy night, man. Crazy night. When you just think you know the Cowboys and they do something like that, then they. Uh, get your hope up, hopes up, and we know what's coming Sunday, right?
1: Oh, you think you do? You <laughs> thought there was going to be a loss last night?
2: Yeah, I'm just sticking with the pattern. You thought it was going to be? Uh... I'm going to go ahead and stick with the pattern here.
1: It's good thing Dak sucked so bad. <laughs> For all you Dak haters, what
2: is going on?
1: <laughs> all you Dak haters, good thing See, he was so bad. I think what
2: happened was he went over to Maher's locker and he got all of that suck off of him, and he just put it on him.
1: I just think he's way better than people give him credit for, and because he's the Cowboys' quarterback, any type of performance like he had against Washington in a game that meant nothing, he gets hammered for. And that's just, but that, but guess what? He also is probably a bigger celebrity than what he deserves to be because he's the Cowboys quarterback. It just, it just goes with the territory, but he was awesome last night. we'll get to that uh, for sure. Um, because it was just, it, it was just awesome performance and something that, I mean, listen, I sat here for how, how many weeks now have I beat the drum of, you have to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys were clearly a better team all year long. You have to beat them. It's been what has been a month, month and a half now since we've basically known this was going to be the matchup. Right. I mean, it's been we've been able to talk about that that matchup for a while now because of of the way that Philly just ran off and left everybody and that the South was so bad and he felt like Tampa was going to be able to do it. But that's that's what should have happened. And it actually did. It was pretty, pretty nice to see what happened last night uh, over in Weatherford. For the uh, Canute Trojans and Trojanettes,
2: Uh, they look good. The girls uh, took care of business, beat Burns Flat forty-seven to twenty-four. The boys, once down ten points late in the third, um, able to claw their way back and uh, beat Burns Flat fifty-four to forty-eight. And um, I mean, back to the girls. Reaching for my notes. Um, I mean, it was it was steady and it was as expected um, from you know. Uh, with the way the matchup went, you just kind of had a feeling this was how it was going to be. And uh, Destiny Jackson, I mean, she fresh off her 24 point night against Cheyenne on Friday, she kept it going. Had 13 points, uh, 12 points from Kylie Smith and nine from Taylor Butler. But just everybody got in, everybody got in on the act, and and you know was able to work on things. And you know it's kind of funny because you think, okay, tournament setting, and I said this during the merit tournament where coach Riddling would go to her bench, try to save some legs, keep them fresh and everything because it is a it is a marathon when you play those three three games back to back to back. But this is a week long tournament. So by virtue of them winning, they don't play until Thursday. So but she still had that uh, that mindset. And I think that's I think that's the right way to approach it because when you're in a tournament, you need to focus on the, long, the long-term long goal of, of winning it all, winning the championship. So still uh, practicing those uh, substitutions and how to do that is uh, I thought that was uh, smart, and that's what she did last night. But everybody got in, and everybody um, uh, looked good. Uh, Burns flat to have a good player, and Gabby Clayton, she had 17. Uh, yeah,
1: she's just a freshman too, isn't she? I got her head down as a senior.
2: Stop. I could oh. be wrong. Let me double-check my roster because I'm – I could have uh, typed in I may an be R thinking when of somebody it, else. I could have typed in an R when it should have been an O. Let me double check for you. Uh, it says here in my roster as senior.
1: Which but, one do you have? Do you have what I gave you? No, I didn't have anything from Hinton. All no, right, never I may be thinking of somebody
2: elsewhere. else. But she. I mean, at one point, she had um, seven of Burns Flat nine points at half when Knute was up 30 to nine. She. Very good shooter from outside. Had four three pointers again. Seventeen. So let all scores on the night. But Canute as a team collectively was just better. On the other side, uh, Canute boys, uh, the peaks and valleys of the game uh, appeared again. Some highs and some lows. Uh, but at the end, they put it together, m- made key shots, and and they would get it with you know they would extend their lead to five in the fourth quarter. Burns Flat would answer and, and cut it down to two or three. And Canute always had an answer for that. And, and in this season, you've seen in pass past where they would fold and let that pressure overtake them. Not the case here. And it was kind of a maturity thing, like you see with a young team. Uh, speaking of young, uh, freshman Jake Butler was phenomenal. He had 17 points, one, two, three, five three-pointers and a couple of free throws. 24 points from Jackson Beck. And I'm telling you, I've said it over and over. I know he's just a sophomore. I said it last year a lot, say it this year. When he has that kind of production, this team's hard to beat. He's, And it's not just from outside. He's 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 finding ways to get inside in the lane, have that nice little teardrop uh, floater that more often than not goes in. And he was perfect from the free throw line. As a team, they shot really well from the free throw line. In Burns Flat, they had uh, Jake Poor put in 14 points and Dalton Davis with 14 and, um, again, Canute was down 7 going into the fourth quarter. Again, in, in the third quarter, down as much as 10. But they didn't let up, and they, they kept shooting, and um, you come out on the high side 54-48. to 48. So they'll move on to now Thursday night is the semifinals in the girls' bracket, Friday night semifinals in the boys' bracket, so they're split. Canoe girls 545, winner of Hydro Weekly and Calumet. Boys get... Let's just call it as it is. They're gonna get Calumet. They yeah. they play take on Corn Bible Academy tonight. Uh that game Friday at eight fifteen. And uh,
1: interesting. So they're splitting all girls second games are Thursday, all boys' second games are Friday. Right. As opposed to but, kind of winners on Thursday, losers on Friday.
2: But they put the in the consolation bracket the other way around. Does it make sense? So, so the the girls consolation brackets Friday. on Friday and huh. the boys on Thursday. So that's how they did that. So by virtue of that, uh Canute will play Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Girls first, then followed by boys on Friday night. Interesting. Opportunity for the boys. That's a good Kaimet team. Yeah. As usual. Coach Mayfield's got them rolling, I think, one loss. Uh right what, what ranked fifth I think I think the latest?
1: Fourth this week, wasn't fourth. it? Fourth. Were they up to fourth? I'll have to look. Fifth, yeah, Duke Fifth. was fourth. That's I knew one of those was there. Okay. Fifth, yeah,
2: that's a you know an opportunity for a young team to, to go up against one of the better teams out of Class B, one of the best teams out of Class B, year in year out. You always expect Calumet to be five or higher, and there they are. So, and they are the one seed in this one, and that's going to be a, a a big test for them, but should be an interesting one. All girls, right, so- girls, I I don't know about hydro weekly versus Calumet girls just
1: Calumet's not very good
2: i know they i've said it before they've lost a player hydro weekly they they've kind of settled down i think they have four losses they might be settling down and, and figuring some stuff out so that could be a fun one too potentially another rematch or a rematch between canute and hydro weekly girls where canute won the first one early in the year but again that was way back in november so we'll see yeah, Always like a it. fun tournament, fun venue, man. I love being in that building. That is really cool.
1: Yeah, You look at Hydro's schedule, they haven't beaten anybody that's ranked. Just kind of. Yeah.
2: yeah, I know. I mean, we kind of talked about that yesterday, you know, riding right. through the wall in some situations. But um, it's still Hydro, you know. They still kind of have that. No, it's not. <laughs> They're still, still it's the not. Bobcats, man. It's not. Sometimes they can just put it together.
1: Turns out Reese Berkey was a pretty good basketball player.
2: Well, I'm not saying she wasn't. Well, that's that. why I'm
1: saying it's not still Hydro, because she's not still there. <laughs> it's interesting how that works. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're better than a lot of teams, but as far as a, a contender in Class A, sure doesn't seem like it to, from where they've been. I mean, listen, yeah. you play for the title three years in a row, win two of them. At some point, there's going to be a little bit of a dip. We all get it. And then you build back up, and who knows, they'll be back at some point. Right. Um. Tonight, so tonight over there it be Calumet and Corn Bible? Also, who else is playing? I just saw it. What did I do with that?
2: Uh, girls. Arapaho. Start, uh, Arapaho. Or, uh, yeah, Hydro, Calumet.
1: And Hydro, that's right. And then. Um, Arapaho, CBA. Girls. Right, girls. Boys is Calumet, CBA, and Arapaho and Hydro. For the, on the boys' side. Uh, elsewhere Tonight. That's kind of the week-long tournament. Elk City's hosting cash, third straight game inside the Pioneer Center for the Elks and the Elkettes, uh, desperately needing to get back on the winning track to, to pile up some wins here in the next couple of weeks before those playoff brackets are announced. you got to figure out ways to win some of these games uh, just to make your, your, your record look better. It's simple as that. Uh, the cash lady dogs come in three and ten, so a really a, a good opportunity for the Elcats to do that, uh, get back on the winning track. The cash bulldogs are five and eight. Uh, if you look at kind of some common opponents within the um, within the conference, very similar results hmm. for the two teams. Um, you know, you lose to Anadarko by low double digits, get blown out by Weatherford. They got, you know, the Elgin game is one that's a little bit different. Um, Elgin pounded cash, whereas Elgin, you know, it was, it was a 10-point game here, 27 on the other side uh, for cash. But that's the only that's really the only outlier. The rest of them are pretty similar in, in the way that they lost to the teams that both have played so far. So um, the one thing that kind of looks a little bit of an anomaly on the Elgin – or excuse me, on the cash schedule – it's surprising. Is it a loss to Altus? Maybe the Bulldogs are better than they have. Well, four and seven, they're better than they have been. But that one kind of stands out to me as, huh? That's not good. Altus just hasn't, hasn't been very strong lately. But uh, maybe they're better than what we've seen. Obviously, I'll get a chance to see that coming up at the end of the week. Uh, but two games that Elk City really needs to win um, on both the girls and the boys' side to to get back toward 500, above 500 before the rankings stop. The records are locked in. To avoid having to go to, to Weatherford or having to go to Kingfisher for district. You know you're going to see somebody like that in regionals. But you really would like to avoid district being in one of those two places. Or in a couple of others as well, quite honestly. You don't want to really want to go to Tuttle either uh, if you have a choice. So, and, and the teams do have choices. Win some games here. And they've, they've got some winnable games coming up. So a big night. For uh, the Elkettes and the, and the Big Elks to get back on that winning track and figure out a way to start climbing up the the seating, I guess, uh, to, to get away from from some of those state, state title contenders in the district tournament. Elsewhere on Paragon TV tonight, Cordell is at Merritt. Sweetwater will go to Hammond. Duke is at Eric. Fargo Gage Fort Supply at Leedy. So, those will be your Paragon TV games tonight. Just regular season games there before all of those teams jump into tournaments coming up on Thursday. You'll we'll see Merritt will host the Bi-County. Hammond will be there. Eric is there, I believe. Leedy goes down to Altus to the Tri-County. I wonder what Hollis does. I bet Hollis is in that Tri-County as well. Do you remember So, the city of
2: Altus is hosting two tournaments at the same time?
1: That's right one at the high school, one at Wussie. That is correct. That's
2: gonna be busy, busy.
1: Yeah, you know what? You know what? It's hard to do. Mm. Get into Waterburger this weekend.
2: <laughs> that is brilliantly placed. Waterburger is right there when you first come into town from the north. So one of the first restaurants you see. That in Applebee's, but no doubt, man, I go straight to Waterburger. Let's yeah, see, Tri County. That's what I was looking at. Like, yeah, I, I, I got a text.
1: That. Yeah, <laughs> I knew Leedy had it. <laughs> their their website always has them. Uh, So, yeah, Hollis is at the Tri-County as well. But here's the deal, Jared. Everybody can have their Whataburger. I've got a different spot that I'm not going to reveal on the air in Althus. I've got a different spot in Althus.
2: And you're going to not reveal it. I'm not revealing it.
1: You're going to break teasing it, but you're not even going to reveal it? No, I don't want want it to be busy when I want to go there. Okay. Okay. With all these people. All I have to do is nudge Billy out of the way and I can... Get what I want. <laughs> will be back.
0: Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed, separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City.
1: I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise. We provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Mock! Yeah! Yeah! Welcome back. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust with free delivery right here in the Elk City area. Paul Jones is the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. That means they've got experience compounding. Free delivery drive-through pickup curbside testings and testing and vaccinations uh, long-term care unit packaging those are called blister packs and my favorite thing convenience packaging you don't need your little pill caddy you don't have to load it you don't have to know what you're doing they will do it for you so instead of oh i need two of these one of these and the and the green one on monday up oh, two greens and a red on oh wait a minute no is that right Da-da. don't worry about doing that use your pill caddy for fishing lures <laughs> because paul jones drug will individually package your daily medication for you just rip it open take the pills and throw it the trash and move on down life's path paul jones drug 809 north main street right here in elk city rodney and the gang care you can trust well, Jared, a guy that you didn't think you could trust turned out to be on his game last night. Won Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys with just a thorough beating of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 31-14, to 14, not sure if it was even that close. Well, I know it was four points not that close except for the kicker. But Dak, 25-33, of 33, 305 yards, four touchdowns. Ran for a touchdown. Um, I was efforting that stat. I saw the stat last night. Dak joins. Okay, this is pretty interesting. So only two guys in the history of the NFL in the postseason have four touchdown passes, a rushing touchdown, and completed 75% of their passes in one game. Who do you think the other guy is that Dak joined? Peyton Manning. It is Peyton Manning, which is kind of surprising, right? Because of the rushing touchdown. not think of him running. Yeah. I mean, they showed the one against the Cowboys when he was a Bronco. I, I remember that play. When it was down there, it was like fourth and goal from the half-foot line, and they, they had too much time to just kneel it, and they ran that naked bootleg like Dak did for his rushing mm-hmm. touchdown. I mean, and Eli was going counting. Like, man, it took you 12 seconds to run a half yard <laughs> on the Manning <laughs> Cats, which, by the way, was phenomenal last night. But – uh, it just gives you an idea of exactly how good Prescott was last night. He he was he was a maestro. You know, you look. I, I we were eating dinner and I looked at the first drive, 0 for three, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Run the ball a little bit. Well, and then you go back and it's like three drops. It wasn't him. You know, yeah. We, their
2: radio uh, guys didn't do him any favors because I as soon as I got in the truck, kickoff happened. Dallas got the ball and then three and out. Right. just like that and they didn't mention anything about yeah and then you see i was the same way i
1: just looked at okay what what happened is a punt oh for three i'm like oh my gosh here we go and then you actually see what happened and you're going well that wasn't Dak's fault. right that wasn't near as bad as i thought but man once they got going i thought the 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 third drive after two two pretty bad drives to start for both sides really and then dak got it going running the football play action was working um, how many times have we seen that pass to Schultz right down the seam there uh, for that first touchdown? And, you know, even on that first drive, though, there was there was one throw that it felt like, did he really want to make out to Gallup? It was an easy first down. He was wide open. We kind of floated it a little bit and made it a more contested play than it really needed to be. But after that, it was like as soon as he hit that touchdown to Schultz down the seam, it, it was like he remembered, man, I'm a, I am ai can play. That's what I do. And then from there... Man, he was making some ridiculous plays. The one rolling left, the, the pass a lot of, you know, even Peyton and Eli are like, oh, that's one that you, you better know.
2: Where he kind of threw it across his body. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's hard like, to when you're rolling left, but they are like, you back you, towards the center almost. You better
1: know the result. And and he did, though. That's the whole thing. He had
2: – Kind of looked like Mahomes.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was just – it was awesome. He, he was great. Like I said, 25 of 33, 305, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Dallas' defense was fantastic all night long. But but here's the truth of it. And and, and I've, I've been saying this for, for weeks now. Tampa Bay isn't any good. no, They're not any good. And the only reason why anybody had any consternation in the second half of that game, if you're a Dallas fan, was because the other guy, they did have Tom Brady. Which uh, I've been talking about for which weeks. It, w- yeah. Which at some point... It was it was a close race in a suck off between Brady and Brett Maher. (laughs) I mean, he was throwing passes that you've never seen him throw. Yeah. Part of that was he didn't know where the pressure was coming from. I mean, Parsons ends up just wrecking the game, like like we've seen him do. He had a sack, two tackles, tackles for loss, but you had to put so much attention to him to know where he's at. I think it's hard to kind of. You know, you, you always feel, I feel like the quarterbacks, when he gets going like he was last night and he got going from the start, it feels like you've always kind of, quarterbacks are hearing his footsteps coming at him, even if he's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so Dallas's defense was great. Um, the the offense was great. The only thing that wasn't was the kicking. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I mean, just a, it's a performance. Here's the truth that's what a 12 and 5 team is supposed to do. Two and eight and nineteen—that's what's supposed to happen. And thankfully, the Cowboys made it happen. First road win since 1992 uh, last night.
2: Break out your starter jackets.
1: <laughs> and uh, oh, by the way, uh, where that game occurred is where this next one will occur out in San Francisco. Ninth time the Cowboys and the and the Niners will meet in the postseason. That will that will be tied. For the most in the history of the league, do you know what other two matchups it ties?
2: Oh, boy. I can only imagine. Um, I'm going to go. I don't know.
1: I think one you could figure out. The other one you might be going, really? Packer, uh, Packers 49ers. Okay. And Rams Cowboys. The Rams Cowboys one is kind of like a huh.
2: I wouldn't have put that one together, but yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I was trying to go on the East Coast. I was thinking like New England. Who have they played a ton of times during that Brady run? Like Indy. Yeah, you'd you think, know?
1: Yeah, that would be one that would cross your mind for sure. New England and Indianapolis. Yeah. So a, a great performance by Dallas last night. Dak was great. I mean, it was just it was exactly what that what Cowboy fans wanted to see, and now. The, the scene shifts to San Francisco, and if you're, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan that's also a Big 12 fan, you're hoping that this is the week that Iowa State's Brock Purdy shows up instead of this new guy that's been the 49ers quarterback, you know, the one that chokes in big moments in big games. That guy. That's what you're hoping. Well, this uh, is a big game. so what you're hoping to see. Right. May not see it. Maybe it's just he's just one of those guys that was an okay college quarterback, a pretty good college quarterback that's going to become a star in the NFL with all those weapons around him. Uh, He has a really good chance to do that. And uh, San Francisco, is if if they're not the hottest team in the league, they're darn close. Them or Cincinnati feels like the two teams that came into the the playoffs just blistering hot. Um, And so it's a tough ask for for the Cowboys on the road again. But after last night, here's the thing about Dallas. Their good is as good as anybody. When they play good, they're as good and can beat anybody in the league. The problem is all the other good teams they're bad still wins Dallas is bad is awful yeah like what we saw against Washington and I think that threw a lot of people off the scent for last night's game just the as bad a performance as you could possibly have going in to the playoffs right in, in the way that Dallas played against Washington did you I mean any anything I mean any negatives that you could think of outside of kicking? Mm.
2: No. And the, it both sides of the ball they played great. Um I'm trying to find them. I can't think outside of the kicking. I mean even when you when McCarthy was forced to go for it on fourth down because he didn't trust the kicker, what happens? They get six. <laughs> so everything was working in uh two facets of the game outside in in not three, but it's hard to find any negatives, but I keep going back to the false security or the false. I'm not trying to get too high on it because it was Tampa Bay. They're you know they you're right. They're not very good. They got a, they had a 45 year old quarterback. You can see dust coming out of his arms, and um, and that you know that's so that gives me pause of uh, of uh, trying to plan my Super Bowl trip because I I'm like okay, it was Tampa Bay. Could they do that against? these other teams i mean so
1: what let me ask you this let's just pretend like dallas wins next week so what's going to be the what's going to because you know what's going to happen what's going to be the excuse then Purdy not ready right he was the seventh he was the last pick in the draft yeah the just
2: what you said the the mr irrelevant was irrelevant yeah
1: he wasn't ready he he showed up we knew it yeah and then what's what would be the next week jalen hurt shoulder hurt he wasn't healthy or, I mean, really, Daniel Jones? I don't know. It's it, it's going to be it's going to be fun to listen later on this afternoon. They're
2: such a Jekyll and Hyde team because when they're good, they are really, really good. They are, but when they're bad, I mean, it, it's disgusting.
1: It's back to back twelve win seasons, thirteen now with the win last night. But because it's the Cowboys with
2: a coach on the hot seat,
1: it's <laughs> listen. I, last night to me, I mean. Last night, to me, was a job saving win for who? For Mike McCarthy. For Mike, and maybe or even for Dak. Dak. Maybe, <laughs> depending on how it went, yeah. maybe even Dak. Because with Sean Payton hanging out there, I mean, I think you could see a bunch of franchises that are pretty close. Think, what if he was our coach? Oh yeah. You know, I heard him talking on Cowherd yesterday. He's he's fascinating. How much? The question Cowherd asked him, you know, what have you, what have you kind of relearned or noticed being away from coaching that maybe went by you as you were coaching? And he talked about how 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 much more field position matters in relation to how you score points. I thought that was a fascinating answer because that has to go, and, and maybe even a pointed answer toward the Chargers brass cuz he went on you know you don't always have to go forward on fourth down because it's harder to score from 80 yards than 60 or 40 and clearly not maybe a shot but a different philosophy than what Brandon Staley's had with going forward on fourth down and all that kind of stuff so I thought that was that was fascinating I can't wait to see where he ends up I know he he was at uh, Interviewed last night with Houston. Houston. Does he love Bryce Young? Or does he love C.J. Stroud? You know what I'm saying? Is that yeah. is that some kind of match that he's trying to make? I know he loves Justin Herbert that's been out there. So he's going to be interesting. What about Brady? you think that's his last game or just his last game with the Bucks, Or is there a chance he can come back to Tampa?
2: Man, the way he talked, the way he walked off that stage, you know, at the post-game presser. I mean, they just leave it so wide open, don't they?
1: It's hard to believe he's ever coming back to play for Tampa. The way, the with way what you're saying, said, like his last answer, It's like,
2: "Hey, this is a class act organization. I'm glad to be a part of it. Hopefully, I gave it back to you guys, like you gave it to me, and felt like a farewell. Yeah, like to a Tampa goodbye Bay, to Tampa. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: hard to know if it was for the league or for just for Tampa Bay. Yeah,
2: yeah. I bet he keeps his options open. I'm sure. And there's been reports that I think about three teams said they're willing to bring him in.
1: You've seen Raiders. You've seen Dolphins. Dolphins are intriguing, and here's why. You think of him as 45. Okay, his arm isn't there. But, man, what are maybe the two best passes he threw? The one to Julio for the touchdown and the one to Mike Evans that was just fingertip away from being a touchdown. Right. And the reason I say that is because then you look at what Miami's got, and you've got Tyreek and you've got Jalen Waddell, the speedsters of the league, You'd think at 46, that's eh, probably not a great pair. He's lost arm strength. Maybe not. Maybe he can still get it out there to those guys.
2: Watch this situation. I'm not – this is a long shot because I think he likes the warmer climates. You know, that's where you go to retire right, Florida. Watch this situation in Baltimore.
1: Yeah, you're starting to see. So start-
2: Harbaugh and Brady together could – be interesting
1: i wonder if that would work just because of how much they've hated each other for all these years (laughs) i mean that was the i don't know you know a place that probably should have done this back when tampa did and maybe they'd have won the super bowl instead of tampa you know who was set up for a tom brady to come in there and help them win the title but that's not the case right now who's that tennessee Yeah. Tennessee should have been – think about last year's – they were the number one seed in last year's playoff. Think about about if they had Brady instead of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. That's one that, man, I I think they'll be lamenting that, that they didn't push harder to try to get him when he left New England. Is there a chance – is there a chance we see a reunion in New England?
2: Uh, No, I think that ship has sailed.
1: Kind of the last hurrah for both of them. I think one last season together. We're both going to retire at the end of the year.
2: That'd be a that'd be a storybook. That'd be funny. Or fun. Not funny. I think they both say hey, it's that part that party's over. Honestly, my gut feeling tells me Brady's done. Honestly.
1: Yeah, I have a hard time believing he's He gone-
2: sacrificed so much to get that kind of a season.
1: I just have a hard time believing he wants that to be the last game he ever played. Yeah,
2: but listen, not but it may be worse. Everybody there, well, ends the season with a win unless you're a non-playoff team in the regular season. Or Washington,
1: Gordy should have quit when they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, if that's what you wanted. But it'll be uh, that'll be the story. A couple of older quarterbacks with the way Aaron Rodgers walked off the field at Lambeau in Week 18, and now Brady yeah. here, it'll be a big part of it did you did you watch when you got home did you watch troy and joe or did you watch manning cast
2: uh what i'm a purist man i watched troy and joe oh man you missed out
1: manning cast was awesome you know who was you know did, do you know who was on there last night no so it was teddy Bruschi at the end who dropped an s bomb as they were talking just i mean they were just talking and he just said s man you know real quick it was hard to tell Uh, one of my buddies went i said did he just say that he went back goes yep sure enough you know who else says that james my kid oh that's good she goes hey i know a bad word
2: (laughs) so yeah that's right i like don't say it i like when they say
1: hey do you mind if i say whatever (laughs)
2: like that's a free pass or something you just said it
1: (laughs) hope you don't mind
2: she was so proud she goes hey i know a bad word (laughs) said it yeah don't say that yeah try not
1: to do that (laughs) again so it was brewski at the end third quarter was dan campbell who was he was awesome uh, the coach of the lions but then in this in the first quarter and really a bunch of the second quarter and if he didn't have something to do during the weeks during football season i would and i'm kind of surprised he was this good knowing his personality or what we think is his personality coach prime yeah yeah he was, he was on infinitely likable
2: I mean he's a, he's charismatic. Yeah,
1: but a lot, but it was he wasn't prime. He was just Dion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it was it was fascinating to listen to because I don't know about you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to me, when I think about him and, and his call co- and his coaching in college, I feel like and And this could be and I think I might be a little bit wrong listening to him talk about the game last night in that in that setting with those guys and and the intel the football intelligence that those three were were spewing out there was just off the charts, but I view Dion as a recruiter that then you know lets his assistants coach you know what I'm saying I think that might be a little off base. I think he might actually have more coaching chops than what. I realized, just in that conversation with those guys, he was – I mean, I would petition him to – I could have sat there, honestly, if they didn't have anybody else on the rest of the night, I could have listened to those three guys talk, talk, just talk about the game as it was unfolding very easily. Yeah. He was – I was surprised how likable he was. And the Manning cast is a hit. They absolutely – that should never go away.
2: I think if it was a game, and I just need to put more effort into it next season. If it, it when it's a game that you don't really care about, I don't really as care as much. Obviously, yeah. I was more care about. And again, for what we do, I'm a purist. I like to hear the play by play, the analysis from the guys in the booth. That's just me. I'm not knocking the Manning cast, but sometimes I'm, a little bit. You no, some, well, sometimes I'm like guys, it. hey, hey, quit chit chatting I want to watch the game. There's a big play about to happen. That was my first initial reaction when I first watched it. Um, way back but i mean pick a game that i just don't care about and then watch it
1: it's good the guests i think matter last night they had
2: i'm sure the reaction of the missed extra points was gold
1: oh my gosh (laughs) after he had missed two when dallas scored again at the end of the first half Peyton literally jumped out of his chair was yelling at the tv what are you doing why aren't you going for two he missed it and then he goes can you, cut a, can you cut somebody in the middle of a playoff game? <laughs> yeah. That was his question. And then, of course, I mean, that became kind of suspenseful. They were openly rooting for the Cowboys to kind of get stopped around the 20 or 25 so they could see a field goal. <laughs> what would happen? But Dallas just kept on scoring a touchdown. And then finally knocked in the second one. All right. Who is your wild card round MVP?
2: AFC, NFC, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Overall.
1: Overall MVP.
2: Man, hard not to say Dak, with that performance.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I'm not
2: trying to be a homer, but, I mean, just take the the star and stripes off. it, and That is pretty dang good for when you compare it to the rest of the quarterbacks.
1: That's 100% Dak Prescott. But listen, if everybody – I mean, you and I agreed. You thought of somebody else just to say it. But Dak Prescott had the most pressure on him this weekend of any player in the league that was playing. Yeah. And for it, so not only for for that to be the case, and then him come out and do what he did, it absolutely is Dak Prescott. He has to be the MVP of the of the wild card round. He just has to because of the pressure he had on his shoulders coming in, and the way that he responded to that in that win. That there's no doubt to me that it was it was Dak Prescott. Behind him, though, who else?
2: Man, I want to sound smart and say Trevor Lawrence, but I can't because he threw those interceptions early. But, you know, he finished with four touchdowns, but I kind of it's kind of a wash at that point. Ah, man, I don't know. I, what do you think?
1: I got Daniel Jones written down.
2: Daniel Jones.
1: Daniel Jones was great. And you know who else was great? Kirk Cousins was too. He's just going to take it for what he did throwing a three-yard pass on a fourth and eight. Here's the thing about that. Yesterday you started seeing a bunch of uh, – bunch of film and a bunch of people that follow the NFL really, really closely start firing stuff out on Twitter, guess what? It was the only throw that he could make. Everybody else was covered, period, end of story. And Christian Wilkins was in his face as soon as he snapped the ball. So it. everybody, of course, is up in arms. But if you really look at what happened, the question is, what else is he supposed to do? He at least gave Hawkinson a chance to break a tackle. And, oh, by the way, if he does, it's a 25-yard gain down the sideline. There's nobody else there. Good play on defense uh, to force that throw and and make the tackle. But Cousins was awesome outside of what is perceived to be an awful play. You're right about Lawrence. It's hard to put him there the because of the early. mistakes. But, you know, his, his good was great. His bad was awful. I thought neither Burrow or Allen really asserted themselves, uh, themselves. Heck, Josh Allen almost single-handedly got the Dolphins back in the game with his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then Purdy was sl- uh, it was pretty kind of rocky start. And then good finish.
2: We protected the football. Yeah. What, he had four total? Yeah, he, was, he ran one in, didn't he, he?
1: He was good. There's no doubt he was good. Yeah, three and one. So they're, you know, he. But if you watch the oh first Debo that Samuel,
2: game, man, I'm just, I just pulled up the stats. Right, and six catches for 133 and a touchdown. That's 22 yards a catch,
1: man. That 74 yarder sealed it. Mm-hmm. And DK Metcalf on the other side was awesome. Yeah, he was. Uh, but it's it's hard to move away from the quarterbacks in that spot unless, you know, somebody just has a dominating defensive game or what have you. Um, what? Who looked the best? Team-wise,
2: when you say team. You you always start, in the, to, you go, start in the AFC. Start the AFC. Go to offense, defense, special teams. Um. Oops. Can't put the Bills there. They didn't look good. They look, I mean, they, I know they won, but felt like that was going to be the biggest blowout of the of the weekend. And they had to hold on to win. Uh, same same thing about the Bengals. I mean, mm-hmm. that thing yeah. they're, they're going in. Ravens are going into take the to lead the fourth quarter, and yeah. and then that happened.
1: I put Jags second yeah. half. Yeah. I put Jags yeah. second half. I guess because really, or, or or Chargers first half. It's funny these AFC teams made each other look
2: bad. Is that weird to say? We were expecting the AFC to be this awesome. I mean, it is. It is. Those those were good, gay, good games. But who is the best team out of the AFC after this weekend?
1: I think. I think. Who looked the best? When you look at Bills, Bengals, man, there's a lot of pressure on them to win that game to get to play each other. Right. Whereas the Jag – you know, I, honestly, the AFC, such, it was it's it was, such a was disappointing.
2: Tough, tough ask for the Bengals because you're playing a division foe back to back.
1: And you the know. Bills are doing the same thing with Miami, yeah. the third time. Right. You know, that's. It's very true. I, I I how about nobody really looked that great. <laughs>
2: it's, they kind of cannibalized each other in a way.
1: Uh I on on the to the contrary, I thought all three a, uh, NFC winners looked good. Yeah. The Niners had a little bit of a struggle through three quarters with with Seattle once again, a division opponent. And then the fourth quarter they just blew him away. The Giants obviously were really good against Minnesota, and then last night Dallas—maybe uh, the biggest winner in the in the wild card rounds—the NFC East. Three of the four teams left are all are all from the East.
2: If you a division that, that nobody like, thought yeah. was going to be
1: any good to start the year.
2: Oh, was it la last, last year? Two years ago, it was a horrible division. Oh, it's been bad.
0: Horrible.
1: Giants coming out of nowhere to now be in the divisional round, and and the Commanders weren't bad; they could have very easily been a playoff team as well. Yeah, NFC East was good. Uh, they're the uh, they're the major winner so far.
2: So who's the best team out of the NFC this weekend? What do you mean? Well, we gave the AFC. But did oh, you this take... was, I said all of them. All I, of them. Okay, I, I think they all. All the winners.
1: They were all equally good, whereas the AFC were all kind of equally shaky. You know, mm-hmm. I there there wasn't. The one team that upset, you know, the Giants were an upset winner as far as the, the spread and the seeding. Not a huge upset. That was the only game that was close. The other ones, Dallas and San Francisco, did what they were supposed to do. One at home, one on the road. So, I, you know, I think it's hard to kind of differ each I, I think either Giants or Dallas, just because of the first three quarters for San Francisco was a little shaky. I, I would go with either one of those. I'd be fine with if you said either one. Who ought to be worried coming into this week?
2: Um, I will say Philadelphia because of that divisional stuff we talked about. Sometimes having that off week isn't necessarily a good thing. So, Giants, of course, get the win in Minnesota, coming in, beaming with confidence, getting that rhythm, and they're going up against a team they've seen twice already this year. So, if I'm the Eagles, I'm a little worried. I'd be a little apprehensive about playing the Giants.
1: How about you? I think... I don't know what it, what there is to worry about in the NFC outside of of Jaylen's shoulder. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, everyone, you know, the Eagles have been good. His shoulder if it's healthy, he's, they'll be fine. And then the three teams played well. I, I guess maybe the kicker for Dallas, if you want to say that. Even though he's been good all year, but last night was atrocious. I've got more, that
2: just a head case thing? It's got to
1: be. I mean, it's just right there. I mean, after he missed the first two, I mean, it looked like a replay, man. Just off to the right, you knew that third one was headed left, and I mean, he did. He came over the top, looked like my driver swing. I would go with Jags. And
2: then he had bad luck. That one to hit the very top of yeah, the upright, it still, it still wasn't going to go. But no, it's all in his head. Quit thinking about and it. And then he
1: stroked the last one right through. Yeah, uh, I've got Jags first half. Jags, that would they better that would be boring for them because guess what? He ain't coming back from twenty-seven nothing down in Arrowhead. Ain't happening. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So Jags first half, and then, is it okay to say? I mean, I know he's the darling of of football in a lot of ways. But is it okay to say I'm a little bit worried about Josh Allen, considering he's given the ball away twenty-two times this season? Yeah. A little bit reckless with the football. It's
2: all right to say that.
1: Is it okay? To, is it okay to say that? Yeah. Be a little worried about Josh Allen? I'm a little worried about Josh Allen. And just the, the cavalier nature of him with the football right now. It seems like it's not valued like it needs to be from a quarterback of his stature. Now, he can obviously fix that. But that's a little worrisome because on the other side, those dudes are rolling. Really, really rolling. And have been for a while now. With Cincinnati. I think that oh, that has the potential to be. Sunday could be an awesome day. Yeah. An awesome day. Yeah. Of football.
2: Very much looking forward to Sunday.
1: Saturday, you hope. You hope the Jags have something for the Chiefs. You hope the Giants can stay there with Philly. Sunday, man, I'll be disappointed if it's not two very good games.
2: Yeah, the Cowboys thing intrigues me. The Cowboys 49ers game intrigues me because of the – you got Dak. If he plays like that, that's like you did last night. That puts that pressure on Purdy to try to match that. Because if the Cowboys are scoring points, you're putting that pressure on that rookie quarterback and Purdy to, to answer that. He hasn't really had to do that this year. He's He's been more of a distributor, right, taking care of the football. And he's played good, played great. But when it comes down to, okay – Dak just scored I got to go respond can he do it he hasn't really had I know they were it was a three-quarter game last week but didn't really feel like they were it was out of control for San Francisco it felt like they were always in control of that game if Cowboys can score points against San Francisco I'm worried if you're a 49er if you're 49, if we're talking about worry here can your rookie quarterback in a big stage big game situation match what dak and company have been doing so that's an interesting one for me yeah and i think it's going to be a great game Uh, it's gonna be tight it's gonna be a lot of fun when it's cowboys and 49ers in the playoffs sign me up
1: is there a better uniform matchup in pro football than dallas you know they'll be in the white Cause 49ers 49ers would be in the red and gold is there a better one I think there are a couple that are close well maybe
2: you could take those two teams and then match them up with Green Bay you know what I mean
1: or the Steelers
2: Steelers yeah <clears throat> yeah this gets your this gets your part your heart pumping if you're a cat or if you're an NFL fan
1: no doubt all right we'll be back on a Paul Jones drug Tuesday
0: Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City.
1: I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust
2: the skinny on sports you can't say on the air don't worry nobody's listening anyway
1: welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal man it's hard to get off of the nfl playoffs Ah,
2: it's, it's a talk of the world man it's on everybody's mind
1: Hard to get away from it.
2: That's why it's the best playoff system in the world. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to
1: push Thunder to tomorrow. There's just too much to talk about there with the Thunder. Uh, let's go back to the rankings. We never really hit that uh, high school rankings. Surprised by anything that well, we saw yesterday. I mean, I'll say it. I, I am. Go.
2: Hammond was right there. We thought that beating LaMega was enough to put him at number one. And now they are number one <laughs> after losing the ceiling. But maybe there's enough people did what we've been asking them to do: is do their homework and look at their records, look who they played, look who they've beaten.
1: I think, I think you had enough people realize. Wait a minute, Hammond beat Lomega?
2: I think that took a little bit the process. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do. That's what I think happened there. I'm I am surprised. I'm very very surprised to see Leedy Boys fall four spots from thirteen and O to thirteen and two. Without uh, both losses, without barger I'm just surprised to see them fall that far. I really am. Uh, it's not something you notice very often. You, you know what I mean? You don't see wild swings like that very often. No. For a team that uh, until then was undefeated, so that that surprises me. It really does. It'll shock me if they end up out of the top eight. Uh, so this, you know, this week we were talking about them. Uh, looking ahead at the Tri County bracket, that becomes more important than it than it was. It really does, and, and you wonder what the reasoning is for that. And there's we can we can talk about that off the air, probably not on it, but <laughs> you know that's uh, it just it surprises me, it, and I'm um, my antenna is up. I'll just say that yeah, as to why that yeah. happened and what's going on there uh, for the Bison. Uh, it's just you just don't see it very often for a team that. Uh, was undefeated and, and lost those two games, one in the finals of the tournament to Laverne. And by the way, both teams they lost to are ranked in their respective classes. Laverne's number sixteen in Class A, sign number eighteen in Class B. So it's not like they were tripped up by teams that were off the map, right? Just that surprises me to see that 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 pop up there yesterday. Yeah, hey, you're right. All it took for Hammond to overtake uh, Lomega was a twenty point beat down by ceiling.
2: I think they the voters, the coaches, they looked at it and go, Well, what has Hammond done? And then they they saw the win over Lomega, then they turn around and, and lose the ceiling. They are challenging themselves is what I've always been harping on. And um I think it's justified. I think it's I think it's right. For Hammond to be one, because they beat Lamega, Lamega two and Pittsburgh three.
1: I'm intrigued by Arnett. In some ways, but then you look at that the, the one time they played Lomega, it was just they got blown out, eighty to fifty three. But you never know the circumstances of certain games. If somebody was sick, some, you know what I'm saying? You just you don't yeah. know yeah. exactly, just by looking at scores. Uh, they won the Oil Center Classic. Um, beaten a couple of ranked teams throughout the year and lost to a couple of ranked teams throughout the year. So they're they're kind of one of those that will be intriguing to see where they go. I mean, right now it looks like a pretty fair chance that, man, I don't know, Hammond could have to go south with Lo, with LaKeeva Sickles, Arnett and LaMega maybe together within the east side teams. It's going to be a combination of those four somehow, right?
2: I'm, yeah, I'm looking at it, just trying to think of any other way.
1: Pittsburgh, Varnum, Whitesboro, Buffalo Valley, that all seems to be on one side. Hammond, Lomega, Arnett, LaKeiba Sickles on the other, and some and some combination. You'd think, I don't know, gosh, when you look at that, you know, Leedy Boys are going to have to figure in there somehow if they stay in the top eight. Goodwill was just outside the top eight, and that seemed like a pretty easy match. But, you know, Calumet's right there and kind of in the middle. So when you look at the boy, on the boys' side, gosh, wouldn't you think Duke and Fort Cobb would be a pretty natural fit? Even though they're one and four, they may not want to do that. With Calumet and Leedy on this side and then everybody else over there. So it's, you don't see it very often, but there is actually like kind of four and four mm-hmm. with a with an outlier at Lomega, can kind of go either way. Look like they'll come this way this year. Same way with Calumet, kind of that outlier in in the middle that could go either way. Looks like they'll come this way this year. Yeah, and so maybe maybe it ends up being I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting to see where everybody kind of filters into and how much it could change between now and next Monday with the results of these tournaments. Because it it, it feels no. like they've got a pretty good mix, at least in Class B right now. Now,
2: Monday's the last one, right?
1: Yes. It Locks yeah. in Monday, so. and then next <laughs> Friday we'll see the pairings.
2: Does this is kind of give you – it concerns me a little bit where it took, what, two weeks for the Hammond win over LaMega to process? You hope coaches don't – what if – there's some big wins over you know in these tournaments on Saturday that are overlooked when the rankings are set in on Monday, and then they go back. Oh wait, I didn't know they won that championship, or oh they beat who?
1: Yeah, I think you'll. I think coming out of the break was a big part of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and not back in the flow, and everybody's busy. I, th- I think this is the one, and, and it surely they realize this is the one that matters, and that could be good or bad. <laughs> Listen, that could be good or bad. Class A. What have we got here? I'm on the boys' side. So, Cato, Rattan, Vanoss, OK, Sealing, Okarchi, Texoma. Where's Riverfield? Any idea?
2: Riverfield?
1: Riverfield.
2: You're looking at boys? Yes. I don't know. Wait! I do know. I think it's a private in Tulsa area. Riverfield Country Day?
1: I guess. I'm sure.
2: that they were. Somebody was in state last year. Or a year before. I think it was a girls team.
1: Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. I had to look them up. Yeah, they're playing in that sort of teams in that area.
2: Riverfield Country Day School.
1: Girls, ceiling. Riverside, Surreal, Okarchi, Arapaho, Garber. Man, there's a bunch of west. West of I-35 there. Somebody may be making long trips or meet in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll know you know what
2: Riverfield is north of Jinx along the Arkansas River makes sense close to the river spirit
1: we shall know a week from Friday for Class A and B big week ahead Paragon TV Big Elk TV tonight an high school hoop 630 tips for all of those games outside of Arapahoe Butler in the uh, West Central That'll be girls at 7. The boys play at 545. Everybody have a great Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.
0: That ball is blistered to right. Wow. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City.
1: I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide. Care you can trust.